Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Monday, February 1st, 2020. One, <laughs> we did it again. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axles, their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, the top, one of if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the product lines we talk about are there. And if you have any questions about anything, just hit the Contact Me tab, and it'll give you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours, and we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Now, also, if you'd uh, click the Radio Shows tab at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through CastBox.fm. So if you ever miss a live show, you can hit the uh, replay link and listen to it in excellent audio quality on CastBox. And you can also share them via email and social media with friends and family. So we encourage you to do that and uh, just enjoy, take, have fun with it. If you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on and how you listen. And um, then at the very bottom of the page, you'll see the link to our Facebook page set up for the show as well as the chat room. And I see our buddy Alan is in the chat room now. He says, just a note to Sarge and anyone, I made a couple of very tiny edits to my book, uh, Sepia's Staff, which is a really cool book. Uh, I've got a link to it on my website. I'll have to check and see. I don't know uh, whether or not... Ah, good. Um, let's see. The address didn't change, so the link in the uh, link section of uh, Your DIY Health still works. Cool. It is slightly better uh, book now, because uh, less typos. That's awesome. And I appreciate the uh, link section of this uh, site spreads the info. Cool. Well, Alan, we're happy to help out. I think any any bit of information that gives people a chance to get educated and form a uh, rational decision based on evidence and not BS from the uh, lamestream media and uh, the American Murder Association is always a good thing. So uh, keep, up, keep up the great work, and uh, we will continue to post the link to your book on our site because I think it's a very important thing to do so. We want to make sure people get good information so that they have all the ID or all the information they can, especially when they're dealing with something like cancer, uh, to make sure that they have the best information possible. And it's our pleasure to host the link there. 
Anyway, as we move along, uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the People's Patriot Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only. So as a responsible adult, you can use the show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence so that you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Also, um, the number to call into the show is 614-426-8787. That's 614-426-8787. One last time, 614-426-8787. And if you're on Skype, you can send a contact request to Sarge45ACP. That's S-A-R-G-E, the number's 45, and the letter's A-C-P as in Paul. Mention you're a listener, we'll get you approved, and then from that point on, you can call in anytime in excellent audio quality via Skype. So, um, being Monday, and I haven't heard otherwise, I should be getting a call here from John and Kathy very soon, and we will see what's going on with them. Um, kind of surprised they haven't called in yet, <laughs> but uh, we'll sort of play it by ear. I had a uh, dentist appointment this morning and had a run-in with a face mask Nazi. <laughs> oh, boy. I was there six months ago, and they didn't give me any grief at all. Of course, I was wearing my little um, medical exemption tag this morning. I figured, well, they didn't give me trouble six months ago, so I'll just leave it here in the car. And it turns out that they've got new employees. They had two new people working there that uh, apparently had never seen me before and knew anything that was going on, so... This little blonde comes out and says, uh, you need a mask? I said, nope, <laughs> I'm good just the way I am. Oh, well, we require that everybody wears a mask when they're in here. I said, well, guess what? I ain't wearing one. And uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, look, I've got a medical exemption, and I have no intentions of putting a mask on. I haven't worn one since this mess started, and I'm not going to start today for you or anybody else. Do you have something in writing on that? I said, well, I have a card. I left out my car, but I got this other one in my pocket. And uh, luckily, I always carry a copy of the original one that I have on my website, the big one, uh, laminated in my pants pocket. And I handed it to her, and she looked at it and saw the stuff about the fines and everything. She says, okay, that's fine. Thank you very much. You're good to go. <laughs> uh, so once again, the little card worked, you know, and uh, I felt like engaging them in conversation while I was waiting to get to go to the dentist chair. But um, unfortunately... Uh, it turns out that as soon as I got done, they were ready for me. But, uh, yeah, just one more time. And I went from there right to my local grocery store, waltzed right in, bought my stuff. Nobody said anything to me. Actually, one of the employees said, hi, how you doing? <laughs> I said, great, how are you? And she's had a little mask on, and I didn't. Again, I was the only person in the store not wearing one. Uh, as I was leaving, I saw a guy coming up, walking you know, into the store, and he was not wearing a mask. Now, I don't know if he put one on once he got inside or not. I didn't look to see, but he didn't have one on And uh, as he was walking up to the door, which is encouraging. Um, maybe seeing me coming out without one, maybe he decided to not wear one either. I don't know. But uh, it's really getting interesting, to say the least. And uh, while I was... Uh, waiting for the top of the hour to come up to start the show, I decided to do a little digging um, into uh, the face mask things. As I remember quite some time ago, I had um, seen that uh, Anthony Fauci had actually written a paper 
uh, back in, I think it was 2002 or 2008 or something like that, uh, about the 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic. And uh, his, and the, I guess he co-authored it. So they both, they're, they're um, uh, let's see, let's see. Co-author and pathologist Jeffrey Tannenberger, MD, PhD, uh, a basic examined lung tissue samples from 58 soldiers who died of influenza at various U.S. military bases in 1918-1919. The samples preserved in paraffin, paraffin blocks uh, were recut and stained to allow microscopic evaluation. Uh, there we go. And... Uh, Basically, the uh, thing that they came up with is that the vast majority of people in 1918 didn't die from the flu, but they died from bacterial uh, pneumonia, I believe it was, uh, secondary bacterial pneumonia. So basically, they um, they basically determined that the real cause of death in the 1918 swine flu or uh, Spanish flu pandemic was not the flu, but, you know, a... um, uh, bacterial pneumonia caused by wearing face masks. And now today we have Anthony Fauci doubling down on masks saying, oh, you should wear two masks. <laughs> you ought to wear one uh, to cover up his lower face and the other to cover up his upper face, you know. Uh, anyway, but John's here and looks like Tanya's with him. So how are we doing, guys? Doing pretty good. Uh, right now I'm here. I don't know who else is going to be here. <laughs> okay, it, showed, you know, it says Tanya, so I wasn't sure if she was making it or yeah, not. But, right. Hey, okay. guys. Hey. I'll say hello. I was just finishing up a workout, but I'll join you in a second. Cool. Stretch, stretch, hey. stretch. <laughs> oh, well, man. What I understood from uh, when my reading this morning was that um, Biden signed a executive order requiring people to wear two masks. Maybe even three. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> On all public transport, and it's very extensive, even right down to Ubers. <laughs> uh, now, you know, the now, funny thing is... trouble breathing with one. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to make it worse with two and three. And the thing yep. is, is that it's time for people to stop it and just yep. stop being foolish and just to tell these people to, you know, Go get off. Sand. Yep. You know, and the thing is, um, I've been watching because, you know, when he signs whatever... You know whether it's blank papers or whatever he's signing. Uh, it, you'll look at the the White House website and it'll say a bunch of junk about all these things he's signed. But White House website doesn't mean squat until it's published in the Federal Register. It didn't happen. And mm-hmm. I checked uh, as of I think it was Saturday was the last time I looked, and there were only two things listed, and they were both proclamations. Absolutely no executive orders have been listed in the Federal Register up to this point. And they're usually pretty well on top of things. You know, if it happens within a day or so, it's posted. Um, so that should tell you something. This is all just crap for public consumption. And they're they're basically going on a thing that, well, if uh, we say he did it, then people think he did it, and they'll go ahead and do whatever it was he signed, when, in fact, none of this stuff has any bearing whatsoever on, on reality. So... That's something to keep uh, keep an eye on. But so far, I haven't seen a single executive order listed in the Federal Register signed by Biden. I've never one. looked, so yep. Yep. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I've been checking uh, fairly regularly, and they haven't put anything in there except these two so-called uh, proclamations, <laughs> whatever mm. they are. But, yeah, you know, there's a question. You know, he, he is 
really overstepping any bounds that he's got because he hasn't got any authority on Uber or any of these other things. You know, Congress has authority when it comes to interstate uh, uh, business kind of stuff, but the president doesn't. You know, that's a specific thing in Article 1 um, for, or which is, yeah, I think, no, Article 2 is Congress. And it's something that they give to Congress through the Constitution, but the president doesn't have any any authority like that. So, you know, he's got authority over federal stuff. Employees. And that's it. So that's it. Doesn't have any effect on us. Yeah. And I, you know, it's unconstitutional anyway, so I wouldn't do it even if I, you know, did. I wouldn't take an Uber anymore in, in this case because they're, even without the stupidity of Biden, they're already morons, you know, sitting there requiring, well, you got to have face masks, you know, they're trying to say, you got to have proof of vaccination, all this other crap. So, you know, I think I've had my last Uber <laughs> several years ago. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm just waiting for the, the other shoe to drop and arrests to start being made and, uh, you know, indication. Well, the constitutionality does, doesn't really much matter because most people don't have access to the Constitution anyway. Yeah, that's true. They don't have the constitutional protections. They I just do. don't know it. <laughs> I was at a meeting yesterday, again, with the Healthy and Free group out here in, in uh, L.A., Pasadena area, mm-hmm. which, by the way, anybody listening, if you're around, you want to join that group. Is that they're, Peggy, they're that's Peggy Hall's group, right? Say again? Is that Peggy Hall's group? No. Oh, it's a is a healthy American. Right. Uh, okay. This other group has been started by just a bunch of people getting together. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, this this other gal came over and spoke and uh, was talking about all these affidavits they're filing. And they're, she's talking and screaming about the Constitution. Yeah. You know, this is unconstitutional. This is unconstitutional. I filed my affidavits. And they don't respond. It's unconstitutional. She said, well, we're not filing enough affidavits. That's the problem. So <laughs> now they're really on a bulk affidavit thing. Yeah. And they don't they don't really realize uh, that they don't really have any standing on under the Constitution. Tell them to listen to Roger's show. <laughs> no, I actually took, uh, I worked with Raj over the weekend and uh, worked with him on his uh, flyer. You know, that one, one pager. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh actually front and back you know it's two pages yeah as a summary of what he's talking about Mm -hmm. try to get the idea across to people that quickly so we really tightened it up and uh, redid a lot of the wording and repaginated that whole thing and made it much more readable the font he had on there was so small it's really you couldn't really read it yeah and um so i took a bunch of those with me Uh and i just passed them out to people and uh, some people started to read it and were getting interested in it Mm-hmm. But um, after the lady left, they asked my opinion about her, and I said, "Hey, listen, I'm all for her. She's fired up. She's act. She's out. She's getting out there. She's talking to people. She's lighting people up and everything." I says, "It's just that she doesn't understand yet right. that she doesn't have any power, and that's why they're not responding to her." Um, and so this is one of the things I hope will change here. So they gave me permission to put up all of Roger's stuff up on the on their website. So we're going to be talking about it more and more, but they're getting very active. Uh, they're they're setting up uh, shoots. They've got a, a weapons instructor and person that uh, trains police and others coming to talk about uh, getting armed. And they're going to go out and do some shoots. And, you know, they're doing a lot of fun things. Um, they're looking for more and more businesses. We're starting a list of businesses that don't require a mask. We're going to, you know, not go to the businesses that do. Uh, start, so it's a good thing. People are beginning to band together here. I'm, I'm all for that. You know, mm-hmm. 
And uh, gradually I'll talk to this lady if she'll listen to me, but I'm not going to chase her down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if, if she'll listen to her, if she'll read the paper I gave her, maybe there'll be some help for him, you know. Mm-hmm. But things have to change. And yeah. it when you got an idiot, literally an idiot, in in the old office making all this noise, mm-hmm. and, and you got all these enemies in the country that are in your government, I mean, come on, people. What is it going to take to get people active and start doing something? Yep. There's still not enough people to say no. I was talking to the people at the bank today. They, they all wearing masks inside. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I said, you know, you, your president wants you to uh, wear two and three masks. Oh, that's okay. I don't have any problem wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, get rid of all the stupid people, and the only people left will be us intelligent ones, and life will be good. Yeah, you know, I try to explain get them out of the people, gene pool you know, before they have just, a chance to this reproduce. Is this called, this is called natural selection. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you, you the eliminate the dumb it, uh, people by their actions, and it improves the population. Yeah, it's the one thing that Darwin got right. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Well, I uh, I always said that about it. people wearing helmets, you know, on motorcycles, and you know, wearing proper clothing. Because out here, uh, they're they're in. You see these girls riding on the back of a motorcycle. They got a tank top and a pair of tight short shorts on, right? Mm-hmm. And flip flops. Well. Those pretty little legs aren't going to be so pretty on that first fall. Oh, no kidding. It's instant raspberries. Road rash everywhere. Yeah, it, it's not just a rash. I mean, it oh, takes yeah. your skin off. In the hamburger. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, and people people just don't realize. See, I saw a lot of that, too, when I was working in, in orthopedics and in, in, in the military. And uh, it, motorcycle accidents would be either nothing, simple, mm-hmm. or they would be catastrophic. Oh, yeah. There wasn't any in between. It reminds, it reminds me of the first call I went on when I was uh, on the police department. Hadn't even been through the academy yet. I was just riding around with a sergeant. And uh, this uh, kid from the high school had gotten stupid on drugs, and he and his girlfriend hopped on there on his motorcycle, and they went for a ride and lost control in this residential neighborhood. We got there, and the girl was laying on her back in the in a driveway, her right leg was bent back underneath her, and her toes were pointing towards the sky, which is not a natural position for that right no. foot. <laughs> and no, she had a compound fracture of the right femur that basically ripped through her leg, and the femur was pointing down the street, and her leg looked like an overcooked sausage where it had ruptured and split. And, mm-hmm. of course, the guy was a couple about 10 15 feet away getting his bike up trying to push it down the street just was going to leave oh her there <laughs> so we snatched him locked him up and i got to i sat there and talked with her and you know did what we could luckily did you know it didn't tear the uh femoral artery so there was very little bleeding good you know luckily so it was just a matter of keeping her conscious and you know not going into shock until the, the medics got there but uh that just brought back memories of what can happen with a motorcycle wreck and you know she was wearing shorts and uh, she probably tumbled several times before she landed where she did but uh, that i'll never that'll never go out of my memory that was in april of 1980 and i still remember it to this day just uh well freaky. yeah you can't forget that stuff yeah it's, that's yeah, the way she it really is. went through hell i don't i think she probably broke up with the dude too <laughs> I yeah, I imagine so. 
Well, hope. she's not going to be so pretty anymore either. You know, the femur, femur fracture, femoral oh, fracture is not anything to play with because no. <laughs> you literally can bleed out mm -hmm. right there. Yeah, she was really lucky. That's the first thing I looked for. And it had ruptured in such a way that the femoral artery was, was, was intact. And uh, otherwise, she would have been dead by the time we got there. No question. Well, no question about it. Yeah. No question about it. But, but um, still, getting that fracture back together, you know, oh, it's going to take some rods and it's going to take some screws. and some Yep things and she may not even have the same legs she had before mm -mm. <laughs> nope yeah we had another girl that uh was uh they used to hang out at one of the local 7-elevens and some guy was doing stupid stuff in his car in the parking lot and lost control and smeared her across the face of the brick building with his car and from the waist down she was an absolute basket case they had to re total reconstruct everything and in mm -hmm. the course of it she got hooked on painkillers and oh, yeah. uh, then became one of the top druggies in the area, you know, breaking into her parents' house and stealing everything to support her habit and all kinds of stuff. Beautiful young girl and just totally screwed up because of the drugs and that kind of thing. Yeah, just bad stuff it happens. It really is. Well, uh, anyway, um, not much going on here lately. I've been uh, looking really closely at the... Uh, a Super One program, and I've noticed uh, that um, a lot of people are still waiting for what they call the game, and they don't really understand that the 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 way, the way to make money with this thing is to realize what you got your hands on. And when you have a company called Fantasy, which is the top company in the world, that has done what they call user experiences, they have built a lot of companies that you know. People are having trouble, you know, even established companies get to get into these doldrums of not being able to market and use the Internet effectively. And through their reconstruction of their websites and the, and the techniques that they had to get people to continue to want to press the button, because <laughs> that's what you have to do. You got to keep getting them to click and click through to this and click through to that, you know, and, and get your message across. They've become extremely experienced and they've done an awful lot of game situations. But, I mean, when you're talking about... Tesla's using them. You're, you're having Ford, Toyota, all the major car companies are using them. All the major um, shipping lines are using them for their marketing and stuff. These guys have got tons and tons of experience on how to construct something uh, that, uh, they get, that people want to use, that's fun to use, it's easy to use, and it's kind of intuitive. You don't have to really think a lot about how to make these things work. Because as you well know, if you've done any kind of web work and stuff, or you've hired a lot of people, some of the stuff they come up with is just a nightmarish. I mean, oh my God, how, how do you figure out what to do next, <laughs> you know? Um, and anyway, when, when Fantasy, whom nobody's really heard of, even though they have three and a half billion users every, every single day, people don't seem to get it, you know? I mean, there is not probably another company in the world that has three and a half billion users using their product every day. The size of this company, when they saw what Andreas Christensen was doing and where he was going with the gaming market, um, they said, we want to be the partner. We don't want to be hired. We want to be the partner because we'll take everything we know and build this thing to something that people will just aspire to have. And they saw the real potential because they were in the gaming market. You ever hear of fantasy football? I mean, there's all these different kinds of gaming platforms, and, and most of them are all kind of first-person shooter stuff, or your, 
battling somebody or something like that. It's it's not the others, but you got to keep people engaged. You got to keep them playing the game. I mean, I was totally amazed when when Nintendo came out with Mario Brothers I got, and Tetris. I got to watch those things work from my own kids and how they were involved. And um, I really enjoyed watching them play the game, actually. And if you go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, there's a gaming link at the top of the page now. By the way, Fantasy put that up there just so you'd have access to it. Uh, when you click that gaming link, all of a sudden, you're taken into live gaming sessions. And um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are sitting there watching those people play these games. Uh, it's, it's really got the eyeballs. And what does eyeballs bring? Eyeballs brings huge, huge advertising. None of this has been lost on fantasy. So everything that's being built into this gaming platform is designed to make it easy, fun, and to keep people engaged. Because the revenues just from the advertising, there's 40,000 businesses out there right now that buy online advertising all day, every day. And that doesn't include all the people that are actually going to be involved in playing this, this little game. I'm not so concerned about when the game gets here. What I'm concerned about is, is having people understand who their partners are here. This is not a, a, a bit club or an ASW card or uh, it's anything in, in the normal vein of, of a kind of a business. It's you have partners that are the market. You know, they're not they're just not the average one. They are the leaders in their fields. Um, you know, everybody hates Google. Everybody hates Apple. It's a, they're, they're everywhere. They're on everything. And that's that's part of the problem. But that's also part of the beauty. So you have the you have the top number one company in the planet. That's that's your partner putting all the features that they have developed over the last them. As a matter of fact, some of the stuff they're they're not releasing and showing you right now is because they're patenting it. It's never been done before. They got a whole slew of things to keep people engaged. And every time they press that screen with that little finger, you're getting paid. They have what's called micro commissions. Every time you need a little extra time to play that game, you can just can't quite remember the answer to that question. You need a little extra time. We press the button for more time. You just got paid. You need a hint. Press the little button for a hint. You just got paid. I mean, it's incredible. The, the magnitude of what they're doing here is amazing. So when Google is distribution for Apple phones, when when I mean Android phones and Apple is distribution for um, uh, Apple uh, iPhones, that's who pushes your game. <laughs> it's not you, it's them. You have an instant market and um, they know how to get the eyeballs there to get the thing to the place. So what you wanna do is you want to find your partners, the people that are really more interested in the business side of this thing, and get them enrolled so that they're with you as part of a team. Now, what's gonna happen is when the actual game does arrive, you're gonna have all these people that'll be playing games. How are you gonna get people to play the games? Because you actually buy a product right now when you join. You're, you're literally buying credits and you're being given tokens Credits are used to play the games. 
So, so for example, I, let's say I want to introduce somebody to the game. I'm not looking for partners anymore. I'm just looking for people that want to play the game. I send them over some, some credits. And in order to do that, I have to have them sign up with a free account so they can play the game. And then I can send them some credits and they can play the game. Now, do, do I know who's going to want to continue to play the game? No, I don't, I don't need to. Why? Because I know that these kinds of games are addictive. People like them. It's not addictive in the way that they have to do it. It's they like them. They have fun with it. Uh, people right now are spending tons and tons, tons of money. Fantasy football generates users. The number of users they generate every day is the population of 22 American states. And they spend $465 a year doing that. It's, it's just incredible. Crazy. And that's just a football, fantasy football thing. The, the value of the game is worth more than the entire NFL franchise. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> so one people need every minute, to they get say. <laughs> busy finding their partners that they want. I want to open up when this thing comes out. I want to have a whole bunch of partners with me that are all out there giving people credits. Uh, and, you know, getting a return. By the way, people who have gotten in with us already have already made money. These credits, they're getting credits at at a penny apiece. Can't do it anymore. That's over. And they're dropping them down to the total price. A credit is going to be a minimum of a dime each. Right now, you can still get them for five cents. But it's going to be going down all the way now every couple of weeks. Uh, the amount of credits you're going to get to work with is going to continue to drop because they want to get to the the actual price on the thing. The tokens that you get are used to pay you an income from the operation of the blockchain that controls it. So all the tokens that you have, you're going to stake. You're, you're going to turn them over. People who know about mining know about running a blockchain. You got to have a coin on there in order to lock this stuff in and you're going to stake them. And the reason you're going to stake them is because you are providing a service to the company be, using your tokens that you've been given. And you got those because you signed up early, because you got into the promotional side where nothing was there in terms of a game side. See, I, th I think they missed the boat here. I don't think that they promoted this thing so much about the business side of this thing as they keep talking about the game side of this thing. This is where the money's made. Now, those tokens will pay you an income every single day because they're used in operation of the blockchain. You're providing a service and you're getting paid for that service. Now, those tokens are going to go away. Tokens, tokens, the amount of tokens that you get for free are one-fifth of the number of credits that you have. So, you know, when you got 100,000 credits to play the game at a penny apiece, how much is that, guys? It's not very much. You know, you get you got one fifth would be twenty thousand tokens, right? So um, those tokens are gonna you just gonna be giving you a lifetime income. So that's that's all passive money right there. And it even gets more passive when you have a team of people because you're you're able to get matching payments and stuff from the money that they make from the people that come out and play the game. But you're still not stopped from bringing more partners on. You can bring on as many partners as you want. There's really no limit to it. Um, I'm I, I just I, yeah, I don't John, know. John, I was just gonna elaborate. Please. On the 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to like dumb it down for a second, like really dumb and like make it easy for people to understand that what they're getting here is basically like an opportunity when, you know, Microsoft first came out or Apple first came out. If somebody would say to you, would you like to be a shareholder in this company? People wouldn't say no, because no, I don't use an Apple phone. They would say, hells yeah, because they know that Apple became something huge, whether they use an Apple product or not. These are the creators of some of these mongoliths that already exist in, in other companies together with like, say, Spotify, Twitter, LG, UFC. They are the creators of these systems. So what they're looking at is an opportunity not based on whether or not they use the products, but the success level of all these other companies that they've, you know, already are associated with. You would be stupid to say no. <laughs> That's kind of my view. <laughs> So I've been trying to get across to people. Uh, it's it's very exciting to see this all come together and to be in front of something that is it's not going anywhere. And I've been looking at some of the research, and I'm going to start doing some more. I'm looking at the change in patterns of game playing. And the Xboxes and the others, uh, the Nintendos, the things that they started, you know, having to spend all this money on these um, toys, these boxes. And I have spent my share with four kids, you're telling me, whatever, what was every uh, Christmas and birthday and everything for presents and stuff? That's what it was. Buying a new Xbox, buying a new Nintendo, getting to this thing, getting this tool, getting this game and that game. And, you know, man, these things were laying all over the place. And everybody had their favorites. I can't tell you how much money I spent doing that. I never did add it up. But I just really, I just know that that's what everybody did. Now that's all changing. It's all changing. It's all going to your phone. And when you're talking about trivia, trivia is perfect. And the thing is, is that people like trivia games. Uh, people like to play uh, puzzles, you know, like um, crosswords. A lot of people do that. I, you know, I, I was always amazze me. I'd go into the grocery store and there'd always be a bunch of uh, uh, crossword books you know, in the checkout aisle. If you don't know what's selling, just go through the checkout aisle because there's a, there's your last minute buys right there while you're waiting to check out. And uh, those things are selling. So the trivia game is so cool because it's based on who wants to be a millionaire. That, that television program is still going on. It's still live in India. It's, they watch it every day in some other countries as well. And as it has been very popular. So how, how can you lose with a guaranteed concept and, you know, you get thousands of people that are interested in even watching people play games. And being trivia, everybody knows something about something. They know about their business. They know about life. They know about they're just everything, all these different categories. And that's the neat thing here is, is anybody can find a category that fits them and they can play a game. You have a potential in their category to win a million dollars. Not kind of there's $50 games, $1,000 games. There's all this stuff that's coming about. But again, that's how I know it's going to be effective. Because it's going to the phone. It's going to games that are very quick. They're not these long, drawn-out things that you see on the Internet. Uh, you know, if you go to Facebook and you click that little gaming icon. Um, but look at all the people that are sitting there watching it. it it's really addictive it's, it's interesting, you know, things are happening and, and you're watching people do stuff and, and you can play too. You can get in there and, and do your thing. With the, with the trivia thing, this is a real business. 
Now, you got all the advertising money coming in. You get paid on that, too. And people have to answer questions. And there's going to be a lot of people that will look at ads just to get credits to play games. You know, Kathy tells the story of, of her, her grandson, uh, Gabe. Gabe plays games. And he, he, he needed to come find money. And he would come over to her house and she's beggar for something to do to get paid to get, get more money so he could play more games. <laughs> well, you've got a whole culture that's built around this for entertainment. And when you're stuck at home or you're stuck someplace and you got to travel and you're not doing anything, you're sitting, you know, it, it's just logical to pull out the phone and check the weather, read the news, play a game, especially ones where you can actually win money and you can have some fun. And uh, it's based on your own knowledge and your choice. So I don't see how this can be a loser in any way, shape or form. And uh, certainly the companies aren't going to fade away and walk away uh, because they're putting everything that they have behind this. Uh, there's been nothing like this at all. Now, somebody says, well, how do you know they're really going to do this? Because that's what Andreas Christensen hit on. He's from the shipping side up in Norway. And he's always been kind of an entrepreneur. And he start, they did develop a game. This, this is literally the product of seven years of research. And they, they finally hit on a Pretoria game. And it was, it was super f successful. They had... Uh, uh, 25,000 users uh, very in a short period of time. It'll play over a million gameplays from 25,000 users. And they realized they were onto something because of the way people gravitated to it and, and had fun doing it. But they wanted to do something better. And they kept wanting to make it bigger. Uh, Andreas is kind of a, uh, a perfectionist in this way. He wants to build something that has just never been done before. Fantasy love that idea because it allows them to take all of their knowledge and actually invent things to create something that's never been done before. And so the expectations on this game are incredible. And I believe that they're going to do it because they're already inventing things that they can patent that are going to make people do this. And fantasy has the knowledge. How do you keep a person engaged? How do you keep them pressing the button? You got to understand every time they press a button on there, somebody's getting paid. And it doesn't matter. Once you signed up somebody uh, is either a partner or they're playing the game, you know, they're going to buy merchandise. Soccer is huge. I'm not a soccer fan because I didn't grow up with it. You know, I liked football. I was around Notre Dame. So Notre Dame football was interesting to me. Um, Indiana's full of uh, basketball players, and I'm not interested in basketball. Wasn't close to Chicago. I wasn't interested in baseball. But football was more attractive. So you can pick the category in the game that you want to play. And then, you know, I had I had a Notre Dame hat and I had a, a jacket and I had sweatshirts and uh, uh, things that you wore that were all part of the marketing. Because you got to realize that you're helping somebody build the team. All these companies got big because other people used them, liked them, and they helped build the company. The thing that's interesting is, is that even though it's our activities and our, are you saying, hey, how do you like that iPhone? Man, I think it's great. You know, you ought to get one of these. Um, that builds the company, but you don't get paid for that. This company, this gaming platform is done different. You literally are a partner in the business with these guys. And that was the way it's been designed. And that's why your tokens are getting paid for using your tokens that you got as a bonus. 
you can still get tokens in the future, but uh, you're not going to be able to get very many of them because they don't want to have a lot of tokens. They want to reward the people that they come on board early before the actual gameplay is out. Because when you have credits, people are going to jump on this thing. You're going to find people grabbing it. You know, you're going to have two, four, 10, 20, 100, 30, 40,000 game players underneath you all generating these micro commissions. And that's why they're using the particular blockchain they're using. And that's why they're using the tokens that they're using. Uh, it's designed for light speed because uh, they've got to have a worldwide basis in here. When you've got three and a half billion users already, geez, you know, you can't lose. I don't see any way. At least I see it that way, Tanya. Jim, what do you guys think? Yeah, you know what, John, I um, I'm getting how this thing is working here because you know people, even people that w don't want to be on Facebook, they're on Facebook, and it's because there's so many tools and they're so that that company has created um, such an um, such a connective tool that people have a hard time leaving it. So it's it's easy to understand how this is going to work when they've already been you know, masterfully putting together programs that people are using every single day for business and for, you know, daily um, activities, um, even playing games. I mean, they already do that on Facebook. That's just an example of how this is going to turn out. Well, yeah, and that's fantasy. Fantasies develop those interfaces for Facebook. Everybody thinks it's Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, just a CIA not. stooge. Uh, Huh? He's just the CIA stooge, the right. front man, the face of it. Right. Yeah, the other thing is that Fantasy is a huge, huge company that's, you know, got things going virtually everywhere. Any major thing that you do that's graphics related, they're probably involved in it. They would not get involved with this company, uh, Super One, if they didn't know for sure that this was going to pan out this was going to be a major deal i mean they're they're smart enough to with all their experience they're not going to take a chance on uh risking their reputation by getting involved in something unless they've checked it out and they're sure that it's going to go forward so that's something to keep in mind too exactly i was going to say the same thing well i had the opportunity there was a, a one time there's a fellow who's kind of working closely with fantasy and the experts that they bring in you know they brought in universal studios you guys ever watch any universal studios movies huh been a while they, but yeah <laughs> this they they are putting lots of animations and things to make people happy that's andrea says what we do here is we make people happy that's our whole goal and um so they're bringing all these top-level people in, even in the other industries, in the graphic arts industries, to work on this thing, to make this thing really something uh, special. So when you've got a company like uh, Fantasy that is literally already doing f something like Facebook, uh, and that's just one of their clients, you know the quality of the way that works. Facebook works. You click on a button, it works. You know, you're connected with all these people, you can chat with people, and they keep adding more and more things into the platform to make it more usable. Now, it's just that you're giving up all your privacy when you do that. <laughs> but that's not fantasy's but, fault. Huh? That's not fantasy's fault, though. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. And uh, I don't really uh, like the idea of being on Facebook, but I've gotten a lot out of Facebook. I was able to find family members in, in other countries and connect with them that I would never have been able to do so. 
Uh, I have family members that I knew that existed. I didn't know who they were or exactly where they were. But because Facebook existed and they were on Facebook, I was able to find them. That's incredible. I can connect with people that I knew in high school that I, you know, knew before. Even some I didn't necessarily hang out. But these people are not the same people anymore. You know that. They've been beaten up by life and they've, you know, they're, they're normal people now. <laughs> they're not these little kids. And you're able to communicate with them now. Um, whereas maybe you wouldn't have talked to them before. So, yep. it, it, I mean, it's really a literally an incredible tool. And uh, we just have to get the bad people out of it. And when you do, then it's going to be great. It's going to be even better. There's just so much that we do now connect to our computers and online. Well, why not make money? You know, I'd love, I wish I was smart enough to have gotten involved with uh, buying face, uh, Facebook and stuff like that, but I was too privacy oriented, I guess. Well, you know but, what, John, too, with, with a government that's forcing everybody to stay home, um, take advantage of that. Take advantage of, of an opportunity like this because a lot of people are, you know, clueless as to what they're going to be doing in the future. So, you know, why not? Well, this, yes. That, I'm glad you brought that up because that really is a significant part of it here. The amount of money that you really can make here is, is amazing. And you don't even know how much it's going to be because the way this is designed now, you tell somebody about um, the game or, or whatever, what I'm trying to get people to look at, which is the business side. I've got family members that are that are. It's like I've got an international family now. I mean, they're 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 married to people from India. There are others that it just it's just amazing how this is just spreading through different countries. I mean, I'm talking to people for the last few years because we've been doing online on marketing stuff. I've been talking to people in Australia, New Zealand, Africa, uh, everywhere, everywhere. The only ones I haven't really talked too much are in Russia, uh, but I'm looking forward to that because. Doggone it, I'll tell you what, they seem a lot more sensible nowadays than uh, things do over here. But I don't have to do that. I don't have to go over there. I can just kind of experience through the people online. And, you know, some of the people I've saw, seen on YouTube, even, you can connect with them yeah, over there. And it's they're very interesting people. So I, it, it really, since you got to stay home and you're subject to this craziness that's going on with this so-called virus stuff, uh, this is a way for people to actually make it you know and biden just killed all these jobs you got all these people out there looking for a way to make money why not have fun and get paid too why not be a part of the company why not have an ownership value in it uh it's just going to grow and grow and grow I, I don't see any end to it at least not soon I don't, I don't think in my lifetime and maybe they'll even be coming out with more and more types of game uh, programs you know we haven't even gotten into the virtual reality side of this thing yet uh, that's becoming a very big deal for people so i think there's a lot of room to grow here anyway uh jim i just hate to tell you this but i got a i got a class that's going to start here at 11 o'clock and i need to get uh, off of here and go do that class okay um, so I well, need to leave you a little early. We're happy to have you for as long as you can be here. So, um, and got a lot of information out, but I'll uh, take it from here. And uh, appreciate you guys uh, stopping in today. It's always nice to have somebody to chat with on Mondays. <laughs> but, well, I'm glad thanks for having here. us, love, Jim. Yeah, yeah, I love to be here. Really, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. Well, I will. Uh, I won't tie you up then. If, uh, go ahead and get ready for your class, and um, okay, we'll catch you next week. 
thanks so much for being here, uh, John and Tanya. Have a good one, and uh, we'll catch you later. Okay, okay awesome. Cheers. Okay, take Bye, care. By the way, I put it in the chat. I put a uh, PDF of that um, actual paper from Fauci uh, on the 1918 flu and masks. It's the actual paper that he wrote rather than people's yes, comments. Yes, I, I saw that, and so. I'm going to share that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right. Okay. You guys take care. Cheers, guys. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. So, yeah, the um, and I will put the link to that uh, paper in um, today's replay link as well. Um, That's something that uh, I'm really surprised it's still there, (laughs) quite honestly. Um, Let me see. Where was that? I've I've got, again, as usual, got way too many browser windows open the only downside is this link is about a thousand letters i tried to put it in the chat room and i it said it wouldn't do it because i was limited to 850 characters <laughs> so there was a, a massive massive uh, address for this thing i don't know if they did it that way on purpose or what but um it is there and it's it's uh, this is actually oxford academic the Inf- uh, journal of infectious diseases and the title is The Predominant Role of Bacterial Pneumonia as a Cause of Death in Pandemic Influenza, Implications for Pandemic Influenza Preparedness. And it was written by David M. Morins, Jeffrey K. Taubenberger, and Anthony S. Fauci. Journal of Infectious Diseases, number 198, issue 7, October 1st, 2008, pages 962 to 970. And let me see if this one will take it there. Uh, but it has, uh, it's actually, oh good, there's a short one. Um, that's better, I can put that in the chat room too. Bingo. But um, it actually has a PDF download link. So uh, if you want it, I would go there quick to get it because uh, quite honestly, I'm surprised it's still there. With all the idiocy going on with this stupid pandemic and Fauci being uh, a part of it. And it was interesting last night on uh, the Steve Hilton, uh, it's the next revolution or something like that on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. It was Fox, but Steve Hilton's actually been pretty, he's kind of a bulldog on this stuff. And they were looking at the whole Wuhan thing and tracing everything. And it basically came back to the leader of the NIH and Fauci as the head of the national infectious disease and allergy and infectious disease or whatever, which is a a division of NIH. And basically he pointed the finger at those two people uh, as the ones that actually provided the funding and pushed this thing. Um, Once it was no longer legal to do in the U.S., they shipped it over to Wuhan and kept it going over there. Um, So they basically are, you know, the people that they indirectly brought whatever this is to us. <laughs> um, you know, granted the, the Chinese screwed the pooch and letting it get out and letting it spread, but it never would have been there to get out and spread had it not been for Fauci and this other Yahoo from the NIH. So um, that was rather interesting. But um, the fact that Fauci wrote a paper on face mask in 2008, you know, 12 years ago, alleging that the, uh, 1918 Spanish flu was not, you know, people didn't die so much from the flu as they did from bacterial pneumonia caused by wearing face masks. 
And he's now at the spear, the tip of the spear, pushing face masks, not only single, but double and maybe triple face masking, you know, to the American public and literally people around the world. Because whatever we do, you know, people around the world are silly enough to (laughs) follow suit, it seems. But uh, that is uh, just unbelievable. And I think more and more people need to be bringing up the fact that Fauci knows full well that face masks cause this problem, and yet he is still pushing this on the American people. And the big question is why? You know, why is he trying to make people sick by, you know, recommending that they have national mandates to wear face masks when he knows that these things cause bacterial pneumonia and more people will die from this than actually died from COVID? (laughs) Especially when you look at the number of people that are wearing these things on a daily basis, You know, like I said, I walked into the dentist office this morning and everybody there but me, (laughs) you know, it's a a standard repeating, uh, um, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for, theme, I guess, where (laughs) no matter where I go, I'm the only one that's not wearing a face mask. And everybody else, you know, is they're just, they have no clue what's in store for them. Because you do this long enough and it will, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where they will start to um, have health issues as a result. And the worst thing is, I feel, you know, I keep going back, is the children. You know, children are being dragged into this thing, kicking and screaming, so to speak. They have no choice. They're being told by the adults in their lives who, unfortunately, are a bunch of brain-dead lemmings that are just following what they're told without doing any research as to what's going to happen to the health of their children. Same thing that you get with vaccinations. Doctor says we should vaccinate, so we're vaccinating. Oh, well, little Johnny got a vaccine, and all of a sudden he's regressed into a world of autism now. Hmm, maybe we should start researching and seeing what's going on and why this happened. Maybe you ought to do the freaking research before you give him the shot. (laughs) That's the whole problem. You know, the vast majority of the generally dumb public won't do anything until their ox is gored or their child is sick or killed. You know, it's a very sad situation, but the vast majority of people that are anti-vaccines are that way because one or more of their children developed problems from being vaccinated. And unfortunately, rather than looking into it first to see what kind of possible effects it would have on their children, most of them just dutifully went along with it because that's what the doctor said. And then they became researchers and and, um, opposing these things because someone in their family was damaged from it. And that's a it's a shame. You know, I'm glad to see that people, at least at one point or another, are waking up and saying no to this stuff. But I really prefer that people would do the research ahead of time before one of their children is is irreparably damaged or killed. And the same thing goes with these stupid mRNA uh, DNA-altering injections that they're passing off as vaccines when they're not, and they're giving them to the most... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> um, volatile, well, not volatile. Um, anyway, they stand the, the greatest chance of him being injured. 
because they have, you know, they're up in years. They have multiple comorbidities. They're the kind of people that this uh, disease, whatever it is, uh, kills. You know, basically, they're they're circling the drain already, and this thing comes along and kicks them in. And then you take that kind of person whose immune system is already uh, severely depressed, and you give them something like this that's loaded with toxins and other things, and what happens? They start dropping like flies. We're seeing that everywhere. And, of course, the people that should know better the people in the American Murder Association, <laughs> Anthony Fauci, um, the general street corner physicians, they're the ones that are touting this more than anyone else. They should know better, and they're the ones that are pushing it. The people, that, the physicians in the nursing homes, oh yeah, let's get everybody vaccinated, air quotes. You know, haven't had anybody in the whole place with COVID but we start giving injections to everybody, and the next thing you know, they start dropping like flies. And they start developing the disease. It's insane. Absolute insanity. There's no reason for it except for the ignorance of the people uh, involved. You know, I had a friend of mine, a guy that I worked with at the police department, who's, uh, uh, well, give you an idea his unit number was 35 mine was 52 so it gives you an idea he's a little bit older than me by about 10 years or so and um, he made a fake comment on facebook a week or so ago you know 72 73 years old loaded with comorbidities and can't get the damn shot he says well i fired back to him i said be glad you can't get it And you'd be a fool to actually take it, given your situation. Uh, you're exactly the kind of people that are dying when they get this, vac- this this injection. The best thing you could do is avoid that thing like the plague. You know, stay away from it. You know, I haven't seen, uh, had a chance to check back and see if he, you know, I'm sure he saw it. But whether he said anything about it or anything, I haven't seen that. But I'm, I'm hoping it struck home. You know, I've, so far, there's another guy that worked with me. He came on, his his unit was 61, so he came on after me, and he was bragging and had a picture that he was sitting there somewhere. I think he lives in Virginia or someplace now. But um, he had his little face mask on and his, his uh, sleeve rolled up, and he's bragging, got my first dose of the vaccine today. And I said, I sure hope you survive it. <laughs> and he sent back, not worried at all. I said, well... <laughs> We'll see how things go in another week or two. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where people believe the crap that they're fed by the lamestream media and the, you know, Big Pharma and the American Murder Association, and they don't do any research to find out whether or not what they're being fed is actually true or not. And, you know, in something like this, with this kind of stuff that they're doing, you know, number one, when you've got when these companies have to have total immunity before they'll produce the stuff, and when you have someone like Bill Gates who wants to reduce the world's population and says he's going to do it through vaccines, and he's making the Moderna vaccine, why on earth would you want that thing? That's insanity. But we're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. So uh, everybody, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We'll see you all tomorrow. Take care and God bless.